You're listening to the Intuitive Mastery Podcast. Hi, I'm Kate Connolly, and with over 15 years of intuitive healing and teaching experience, I'm here to help you celebrate intuition and value authenticity to create a world where you have the freedom to live your best life. This podcast is here to teach you how to apply the principles of spirituality, healing, and mindset to have true and lasting joy all from the inside out. This is the Intuitive Mastery Podcast. Hi everybody, my name is Kate Connolly. Welcome to my Intuitive Mastery podcast. I'm excited to have you here and I'm excited for all of the great stuff that we're covering um, in this podcast series. And it's somewhat mirrored in my Intuitive Mastery school, which I'm running online, which I'm very excited about. It has something for everybody who's into spirituality, from the beginners to people who would like an accelerated one-on-one coaching. Um, and it suits all budgets. So we have a free membership all the way up to um, the more premium kind of accelerated version. Um, and there will be something that suits you. If you'd like to check it out, we have the link below and you can go in and see what kind of works for you and what you would like to to try out. I'm also about to run an intuitive eating course in a couple of months, so keep an eye out for that as well. So at the moment in our Intuitive Mastery School, we're working through intuitive relationships and it is such an important thing to get really good at in our lives. I feel like if we're ever going to like fully nail something in the spiritual journey and also get something that works really, really beautifully for you, And something that can allow us to stay in like a 5G vibration most of the time. It's about really doing everything that we can do to make sure that our relationships work really well. So, so far we've covered um, everything from kind of like toxic energy through to how to create a beautiful connection with our partner or whoever it is, whether it's a child or a friend or a parent. All of these rules kind of, they're applicable to everybody. So if there's something that's not quite working for you, any of any one of these podcasts at the moment will help you with your relationships. So today I wanted to talk to you about a really simple but very, very important aspect of relationships. Um, and this is kind of our attachment energies. So we have three different styles of attachment. And I think understanding which one you are can make a massive difference as to understanding exactly how it is that you function in relationships and what it is that you might be able to do differently. There is an amazing book called Attached um, and it goes into so much more detail about this and better than I'll be able to cover in like a 15 minute podcast but this will give you a lot of the basics and if you wanted to follow it up later um, with those kind of books you can. Um, We're going to cover this in our Intuitive Mastery School class uh, next week or the week after and we have some beautiful meditations to help to cleanse and clear and also code different ways of being in our relationships if that is something that calls to you. So we have three different forms of attachment. Um, We have an anxiously attached type of person, we have a healthy attached person and then we have an avoidant type person. Now, they all kind of sound um, pretty self-explanatory, but I will take you through it a little bit. So the anxiously attached is someone who desperately wants to be connected to their other person, 
Okay. And what tends to happen with these people is that they've probably had some level of trauma or um, a lack of really close attachment with their parent growing up, or maybe an attachment style that comes in and out. So it feels a little less balanced. But the anxiously attached person is someone who do des does desperately want a connection to their person. But if that other person tends to withhold or withdraw or shut down on any level, what that's going to do is create a level of anxiety for that person. And it's not just a small level of anxiety normally. So if you're a highly anxiously attached person, every time your partner or close person tends to back away or slow down or pull away of any kind or just say I need space or anything like that that's basically severing that connection and that attachment the anxiously attached person will go into oh my goodness my life is over and I'm not exaggerating I've been there I have been anxiously attached in the past I'm not anymore but it would be something as long uh, like as severe as that's it. My relationship's over. My life is over. Um, my world is over. Nothing's ever going to be the same again. And it could be something as simple as, oh, I needed to go for a walk. Um, I was just going to go to the shops, whatever it might be from the other person. And it is a really kind of scary and precarious place for that anxiously attached person. So I think if you can identify that either in yourself or especially if you can identify that in your partner, I just want to really gently encourage you to be really mindful of holding that person's heart gently. And if you know that you have a relationship with an anxiously attached person, the most important thing that they need to feel is safe. And if they don't feel safe with you, they are going to be anxious most of the time. And especially if you're pulling away from them, they are going to get so severely anxious that it's actually going to impact their health at some point. And it is um, a very, very real thing. And it is something that we need to be really mindful of. So we'll come back to anxiously attached in a minute, but their primary motivation is actually connection and attachment, which is a healthy thing. This is what we want. We want to feel connected and we want to feel attached in a healthy way to our partner. So the second one is like a healthy attached um, and that healthy attached person is someone who has a level of interdependence, okay? Someone who knows who they are, someone who has a healthy level of attachment, which means that if your partner wants to go and do something else, that's totally fine. There's no anxiety, there's no worry, there's no concern, there's no fear. You can just go and do your own thing and then whenever you're supposed to come back and have another connection with your partner, you can and there's nothing nothing to be done there. It's all pretty balanced and it's all pretty safe and it's all pretty loving. So that's relatively self-explanatory. The proportion of healthily attached people in society, I think according to this book is actually really low. I don't think there's a huge amount of people that are really healthily attached. Um, and certainly in my clinic, I find that people are in general fit in the avoidance or the, the anxiously attached category. And there's not many people that sit in the balanced, healthily attached place. Just to kind of put that out there and let you know um, what those statistics are, because it is actually unnaturally common for us to be in a state of slight dysfunction in our relationships, which is why it is so super important for us to hold our people gently and hold their hearts really gently. So the, 
the primary kind of a goal also for the healthy attached, not surprisingly, is also connection and attachment. So it is going to be a healthy form of wanting to spend time with and therefore have a, a level of, of independence from as well with, with a, a particular person with healthy attachment. So if we're going to move on to avoidant, avoidant out of the three attachment styles is more likely to want to have independence rather than connection and attachment. So what they're more likely to go into is panic and fear in relationships. They're more likely to want to back away and, and step back and take space, but they're also more likely to be commitment phobic, they're more likely to want to run away from things. And those are the, the people that tend to sweep everything under the rug and not want to deal with anything as it comes up. They want to avoid certain topics and situations. They want to sometimes avoid their partner. And a lot of avoidant people will actually break up with someone if they feel like it's getting too close or too, or too scary. So of an avoidant person will often have a big step back after a big commitment or after a feeling of really um, being connected and attached. And it is something to look out for because you will actually find that if you have an avoidant partner, if you have a really close moment or a close period of time, it's almost always going to end with um, a separation of some kind and it's not always a healthy separation. So if you are an avoidant, if that is something that resonates with you, one of the things that I'd like to really encourage you to remember is to just at least communicate with your partner what's happening if you need space. And one of the things that can actually really soothe an anxiously attached person's mind is to say to them, hey, I just need some space. Give them a time frame. I'll be back in an hour, three hours, whatever it is. I love you. We'll talk then. Okay. Everything's okay. I just need some space. It's probably one of the most powerful things an avoidant can do with their partner, whether they're healthily attached, avoidant as well, or anxiously attached, because what it does is it communicates, it allows that connection to still somewhat stay there, and it gives that other person a chance of feeling safe because they're not worried that that person is off packing their bags and leaving, okay? So for an avoidant, clearly the most important thing to try and do is stay in an attached place. And for the anxiously attached, one of the most important things to clearly do is remember to take a little bit of space when the avoidant needs it, okay? So the anxiously attached person is really likely to then send that avoidant hundreds of texts when they're off taking their space, which is going to make the avoidant want to take more space. And then the anxiously attached person is going to want to send more texts. And then it can kind of turn into this bit of a runaway experience. And that's pretty destructive for both. So remember, the anxiously attached person can sometimes feel to the point where they feel, think they're going to die or that something really horrendously bad is happening to their life. And they absolutely 100% catastrophize every situation because they think that something really bad is going to happen. The avoidant doesn't really go into that space at all. In fact, all they want to typically do is numb out and do something for themselves and they tend to run away from things. So again, if we can kind of put each other in the opposite person's shoes, um, if the avoidant is aware that their anxiously attached partner is going to get really concerned, then communicate your intention and communicate what you're about to do and most importantly, give them a time frame 
and then stick to it. So that's a really important thing to remember. And if you can give yourselves that as a couple, it's going to give you a sense of safety and connection and love that you otherwise wouldn't have. So just something to keep in mind. If you are that anxiously attached person, I would strongly encourage you to try and do something for yourself when your avoidant partner is off doing something else. So what I used to do when I was still in that somewhat attached space or the anxiously attached space is I would actually take that time out to do my spiritual work. I would do a meditation, I would connect with my guides, I would work on myself on some level and I would give myself a gift of spiritual time, spiritual schooling, intuition schooling for myself. And every time I gave myself that gift, I was also able to move through my emotions, heal whatever trigger was happening in me, and then basically calm myself down so that I was no longer in a place of feeling anxious. So it is actually such an important and powerful thing to be able to do for yourself, especially if you're an anxiously attached person, because then you can give that other person the space that they need And you can do the healing that you need. Sometimes avoidance will do their own spiritual work as well. It's less common basically because the avoidance are avoiding. But I've definitely had clients in my clinic that don't even realize their avoidance. And when I explain to them what's happening with their behavior and what's happening with their energetics, and they realize that they are an avoidant energy, they're usually more than willing to try and heal that as well. So we work through the emotions or the stories that are coming up for them and the belief systems. And we heal those and integrate those. And then we recode them into a place of connection, which is really uh, important. So remembering that Out of the three, the avoidant is the person that usually wants independence from relationship and independence from connection and attachment. But usually avoidants have also had a level of trauma and they've probably had parents that haven't necessarily been 100% connecting with them and or a little bit volatile with their moods or their connection style. Okay, so that's something to bear in mind. Pretty much all avoidance and anxiously attached people need some level of healing. Um, I'm sure the healthily attached people do as well, but it's typically less so in relation to relationships as it were. Um, Okay, I hope that was really helpful. But just really bearing in mind, get it, get a bit of a, a list within yourself as to whether you find yourself getting really anxious when someone pulls away or whether you constantly need the feelings of being independent and separate from someone. If you're someone that really wants to dive into a situation and solve something, even if the other person isn't ready, which is more anxiously attached, or whether you just want to avoid topics and pretend like nothing happened, you're more likely to sit in the avoidance. And the reason why this is really important is that when we get an understanding about ourselves and we know kind of somewhat how we respond and how we function in relationships, it's a really important key on the road to healing because you can have a look at yourself You can take responsibility for it. You can do some healing to get around it. And then you can take some action steps to then create a level of connection and attachment that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Have a really wonderful week. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to join my Intuitive Mastery School, click on the link below. I've also got lots of really free gifts to offer you as well. And all of those are down below as well. Really awesome to hear from you, see you, tune in to me. Thank you very much. And I'll see you again soon.